Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Well, good day, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. It's getting close to spring. That's got to make some of you excited. I'm a cold weather fan, but I still enjoy the sun. So it's nice and sunny today. I'm enjoying that. Today, we want to continue our series of podcasts that we started several weeks ago called Fresh Beginnings, New Disciplines. In our uh, church, we've been going through a series called All In, and we've looked at several important things about being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. This past Sunday, Pastor Mel was speaking to us about the importance of the church, as he called it a continuing commitment to the church as a part of being all in for Jesus. And we want to continue that discussion today with a new discipline that I'm going to call Church Matters. Church Matters. And I want to look at five ways that I would say kind of our misconceptions about church today and how we can change our perspective about the importance of church. Because as we'll learn and be reminded of today, without the church, there is no being all in for Jesus. There's no following Jesus. There's no being a Christian without being a part of the church, a significant part. And that's what we want to talk about today because I believe uh, our modern society and culture has kind of devalued the idea of church and even changed the definition of church so that we don't see church as crucial to the Christian life anymore. And I also believe that COVID-19 and the pandemic really became an obstacle to church as well. And now what we have is we have a really small view of the church here in our society that a lot of people just don't see the need or feel they could custom make their own church experience and and I believe that the devil has had a great, a great hand in that process, and he really wants us to be very weakened. And if he defines the church wrongly or he devalues the church, he's greatly going to weaken us. And as soon as he weakens us, he can attack us and have great victory over us. And so today we're going to call it Church Matters, and we're going to talk about five things that either church is not or misconceptions about the church that we need to change our viewpoints on and and I'm just going to rattle through these things today because I'm going to say this today and I'm really going to stand by this, that following Jesus without a commitment to the church is impossible. It's not even difficult. It's, it's impossible. If you don't have a commitment to the church, and I had to learn this. This is not something that I valued over the course of my life. I was wrong about the church for a long, long time. And so I had to change my perspective, or the better way to say it is God had to change my perspective about the church and And you might be thinking, well, you're a pastor. What else would you say about the church? But it's quite the opposite. The reason I'm a pastor is because God did change my perspective about the church. And therefore, I saw no better way to use my life than to help guide and lead the church. And so that's why I'm a pastor. But today, I want us to understand a few things about church that either we don't understand or we struggle to understand. And I'm just going to assume that many of us have struggled with these things. I'm not thinking of anyone specifically. I'm just looking around and as the general problem of Americans here in the 21st century and and just seeing these are a problem and we need to redefine these things and get back in shape about how we view the church. Number one is this. We need to find ways to commit our time, our energy, our support, our talents, our money, and our love to the church. And the reason I phrased it that way, find ways, is because I believe we think that if church is supposed to be even important to us, then it, it will organically find its way into our life. That if God wants church to be important, then he'll give me a segmented, segmented 
space of time for me to go on Sundays and any other days the church meets. And, and if he wants it to be important in my life, then he'll make sure all my finances are in a row in order and all my family doesn't have any problems and that school and work and all the logistics of that work out so that I can be invested in the church. And if they don't, then it must not be that important to God. Obviously, even saying that out loud, you can see the fundamental problem with that statement because church is not organic in the sense of our lives here upon the earth. It has to be fought for and striven for. Now, it is organic in context with the scripture and following Jesus, and that's the entire point. That it's, it's supposed to be organic in our mind. We're supposed to be able to say that church is absolutely essential. And if I don't invest in the church, I'm not investing in my own soul, and I'm not investing in the kingdom of God whatsoever. And But I'm going to phrase it this way, find ways to commit our time, energy, support, talents, and money, and love. Because I think today we're, we're kind of hoping that everything just kind of falls into place and we'll have the ideal time and money and opportunity to get everything we want to get done in this life and need to get done. And at the same time, church is vibrant and going well. And then, you know, things like COVID-19 and a pandemic came and really threw that threw a wrench into that process because nothing's organic anymore. Getting to church seems to be the hardest thing that people do nowadays. And I, I could list, start rattling off things that were are more important to us in our lives. And I don't want to get legalistic and I don't want to paint this, this um, brush too broadly. I, I want to be very careful here, but I do want to understand today that if we don't find ways to support our church, if we don't find ways to commit to the church, I really believe it's not going to happen. Now, that might be we need to be creative because maybe the old idea of church was not proper either. Maybe fitting church into a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, at least scripturally, doesn't really seem to work. So, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the fact that that's getting unsettled today is a good thing. And now we're looking at church maybe in a different light going, well, you know, Sundays people work different hours and, you know, there was a pandemic, so we can't gather in the traditional sense anymore. And and some of that may have been a favor to us because now we're kind of looking at church and going, what is this thing? What is it supposed to look like? I know my my dad and I as pastors of our church are asking those questions going, what is it supposed to look like? What should this thing look like in our lives? Is it a building? Is it a service? Is it the leaders? And we're asking those questions. And we're coming to different conclusions and we probably grew up with understanding about the church, but that's a good thing. And it causes us to get creative. To get creative, to go, man, how can I use my time and the energy and the talents and the support and the money and the love that God has given me? How can I use all of those things for the church? Because I'll say this as well, and I'll stand by this statement, that the love we give to the church is the same love we give to Jesus. Whatever we give to the church, we can draw a straight line to Jesus Christ and say, that's the exact love I'm giving to my Lord. So if it's not very much, if it's inconsistent, if it's lukewarm, if it's apathetic, that's the exact thing you're giving to Jesus. And scripture would support that because this is his bride. This is his investment. This is his institution. This is his plan for success. So whatever we're giving to the church is what we're giving to the Lord. Now, I want you to think about that. And I want you to wrestle with that and go, man, how am I giving to the church? Not how the church is giving to me. That's a different question. And that should be there as well. 
But how are you investing in the church? Because whatever you're investing in the church is what you're investing in the kingdom of God and in the Lord himself. Are you giving your time? And I do understand that there are special cases right now where people simply cannot gather. There are people who are old and frail and who have sicknesses and there is logistical problems. I understand there are problems out there. But I would also say this, in America, they're not the norm. Most of the reasons we say we can't get with the church aren't valid because that simply simply means we're not working hard enough. We're not thinking hard enough. We're not being creative enough. If there are obstacles to getting the church, the person who understands the value of the church would, would get over those obstacles, would find ways around those obstacles, would get creative in order to make up for what they're not able to invest in the traditional sense. And that's not happening. It seems like today that if we can't fit our lives into the context of the traditional idea of church, then so be it. And we'll just have to go without. And we'll just have to find ways to supplement it with the internet. And that, that's a new thing, guys. That, that was never around until our generation now. That's, and you might think, well, good, we're progressing. No, we're not. We're regressing. Because now church is the, the last thing on the totem pole. That if anything in our lives has to go, it's going to be church. God will understand, but my boss won't. And I got to get groceries and I got to go to the store. And I, I have friends, so I want to hang out with them too. But, but if I can't get to church, God will understand, you know, because he loves me. And we, the devil has completely flipped this upside down. Church should be the non-negotiable. Our investment in the church and commitment to the church should be the non-negotiable. That should be the one thing in our life that does not move. And if there are obstacles to getting to the church and investing in the church, we get around them, we get above them, we go over them, we claw our way through them because church is that important. And maybe it does mean we need to get creative and that's okay. Then get creative. If you're not able to invest in the church in the traditional sense, find creative ways to do so. And I'm not saying go listen to John MacArthur and find your worship music online. I'm saying your local church that you belong to or should belong to, get creative with how to be around those people and love those people, and support those leaders. Because the church is Jesus' idea. And it's incredibly essential to our soul. So that's number one, is let's find ways to commit ourselves to the church, even if they're not being met at this certain moment. And let's look at number two. The church is not supposed to be top-heavy. There's not supposed to be a CEO of the church. And that's kind of what we have today as well. We kind of have a pastor or a small team of pastors and they're kind of the church. They do the church stuff. And then everyone else comes and we, we feed from those people. They feed us. They, they nourish us. And we kind of sit there and we, we glean from them. And then whatever they give us, we go and use in the world. But that's, that's again, that's a very current problem that shouldn't have been around and, and hasn't been around for a long, long time. The church is not supposed to be top-heavy. See, the leaders of the church are only worth as much as the support they're being given. From the Lord, primarily, but also from the people. And I'm a leader, so I can say this confidently as well, that leaders are going to waste away very quickly without constant support from the Lord and from the people. Because the church was not supposed to be top-heavy. God calls it a body, and he says every part of the body is essential to the body. Even if you don't glorify in certain parts of your body, those parts of your body are essential to your functioning properly. And if you didn't have those things, like if you've ever had an earache or something that's not working properly, you then realize how important it is to your body. That's kind of what the church is like. Every part is supposed to function properly. And when it doesn't, the entire thing is going to be hampered and limping along. And that's what we have today. The church is top-heavy. So there's two or three pastors 
or two or three people that are really investing their time and energy and everyone else is just kind of sucking from them, for lack of a better term. And they're just kind of getting what they need from the leaders. And so the leaders are the church and everyone else is just kind of an extension of the church. But that's not what the Bible supports. That if the church doesn't have constant support from every single member, it's supposed to limp along. It's supposed to function improperly, just like your body. When your ear's not working well, your throat's not working well, your foot or your knee isn't working well. You're supposed to not function properly. You're supposed to limp along because the body is meant to work together. And those things, those parts of the body from public all the way down to the children, man, we need every single one of them. Every single one of them. And I wish we could redefine that in all of our minds. But that's one thing we need to get on board with to say the church is not supposed to be top-heavy. And when the church loses a leader for health or travel or, or whatever, boy, that should be an immediate... We have all of these people ready to invest and, and make up for what that leader was, was giving, and we don't. It seems like when a leader is out of the mix, boy, we really are hurting now. Now we're down to one leader, where before we had two, and now we're even more top-heavy. That guy has to carry even more load, and that's not how it's supposed to be. I want you to picture, if there was a move, and we were moving, literally moving a house, not a house, but everything inside of a house, and, and we had like... 30 to 100 people that were invited for this move. And we all got together to help this move. But the people who owned the house were the only ones who were moving stuff. All the furniture, all the bedding, all the supplies, all the boxes. And everyone else just stood around and clapped for them. It's probably a silly analogy, but that's kind of what we have today. The leaders are expected to do everything and do all the heavy lifting and everyone else is just supposed to applaud for them. And that's not what we have. That's not what the Bible supports. We're all supposed to invest and support, greatly support those leaders. Stand by them, stand next to them, lock arms with them so that the entire church can function the way that it should. That's number two. Number three is this, and the Bible would support this, and so I'm just reiterating this, is that we're not spiritually healthy or protected without the church. And I'm going to say that again because it's so important. We are not spiritually healthy or protected without the church. Eminent danger lurks for all of those who are taking shortcuts around the church today. Eminent danger, immediate danger, grave danger is coming after those who have severed their ties and their support and their commitment to the church. And if I could just find the devil, he's kind of like the lion in the wilderness, who's waiting for the weak zebra to be by himself by the little stream. He's an opportunist. It doesn't mean lions can't attack big groups of people or big groups of zebras, but that's not ideal. What they want is an ideal attack, an ideal lunch where they don't have a fight. They don't have a struggle. They could just go on and pounce and eat and, and devour and be done. The devil loves that, man. He is an opportunist. He's a smart warrior. So what he wants to do is he wants to define, redefine the church, devalue the church, and get you away from the church so that you're immediately in danger. You're now on your own. You're now in immediate, eminent, grave danger. And you could flip that on the end. If, if you're in the church and investing in the church, Scripture supports that you can't fail because you're strong, because there's power in numbers, there's strength in numbers, and more than any of that, your Lord is there. And the devil will not lurk around where the Lord is. He doesn't want to be anywhere near the Lord. He knows the Lord is way too strong and powerful and wise for him. 
He doesn't want to be near the Lord, and the Lord is inside the church. So when we sever our ties from the church, for whatever reasons, and they might sound very justifiable to us, we're now weakening our own soul, and now we're in grave, grave danger for an immediate imminent attack from the devil. And it might not feel that way. It might feel like we're functioning quite fine without the church. I haven't really noticed a lapse in my Bible reading or a lapse in my disciplines or I'm still reading the Bible, still having devotions. It looks quite the same. But that's an illusion. That's smoke and mirrors. Your soul is now in grave danger because you've now severed ties with the strongest thing that you have, which is the support for the church. And I guess I am speaking, I don't mean to speak with a tone today, but I'm speaking with a, a heaviness and a vigilance today because I'm understanding there's a, there's a great problem going on today about the church. And as a church leader, I'm looking around going, man, if this doesn't get solved, this is really, this is really going to go badly. And it is going badly. And so I, I have this, this zeal behind what I'm saying today that this isn't just a normal podcast. This is something I'm helping. I'm trying to give a message to anyone who's listening out there to say we have to change this immediately or, or else something, something very, very bad is coming to us. So that's number three. Uh, number four is that church is not in the way of our lives, okay? And maybe you don't think that, but there are some who do think that. Church is in the way of our lives. That, Boy, if I didn't have to go to church, or if church wasn't a part of my life, boy, I, I, would, I would go great, quite well. I would, I'd be able to get everything done. I'd be able to get the sleep that I want and do the things I want and hang out with whom I want. But I need to go to church. I need to invest in the church. So it's kind of like taking out the garbage, all right? I don't really want to take out the garbage, but... If I don't, then I'm going to have a garbage problem. And so, okay, I'll take out the garbage even though I don't want to. And that's probably a very extreme viewpoint, but it is around today. That church is kind of in the way of our life. But again, if you understand the value of church and the importance of church from the scriptures, then you would look at it quite the opposite. That is actually everything else is in the way of church. Church is supposed to be that one fundamental, that one crucial and essential piece in our life that we don't move. Because church is the way to the kingdom of God. And the reason it's the way is because that's where our Jesus is. That's what our Jesus taught. Our Jesus instituted the church and he says, if you want to go to the kingdom of God and you want to succeed in the Christian life, you've got to go this way. You've got to be in the church. You've got to support the church and invest and commit to the church. And if you don't, you're in danger. So Christ tells us that church is not in the way. Everything else is in the way of church. And we just need to redefine that in our minds and, and fix that, that wrong thinking in our minds. As soon as we fix that, we'll start to function better. We'll start to go, wait a minute. Church isn't in the way. Church is everything I'm supposed to be about. In fact, I'm going to say this about the kingdom of God. It's, it's the longest lasting, most glorified church experience there is. That's what the kingdom of God is. It's church. It's a church gathering that never ends. And that might sound really bad. That might sound, my word, I don't know if I really want that. And that's the problem. It's because we look at church kind of like it's in the way and kind of like it's a chore instead of the very thing that we were designed to do, to meet with our Lord, to glorify him and worship him and to learn about him inside the church. And if church feels like it's in the way, there's a fundamental problem in our minds that we need to fix before it's too late. So I would say that church is not in the way. Everything else is in the way. And we need to realize that church is the number one priority. It's not third or eighth or tenth in our life. It's, it's not cosmetic. If we don't have the church, 
we do not have our best connection to the true vine, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is essential to the Christian life and to Christian success. A couple more. Since I'm on a roll here and I'm probably going to get in trouble with some people (laughs) for being a little too specific and a little too riled up today, I'm going to keep going with this. There are no justifiable reasons to not commit to the church. And I will emphasize that. There are no justifiable reasons to not commit to the church. All of those things that seem justifiable, like a a pandemic, or I have to work and get money, or I have to take care of people, or I'm too sick or too tired, they don't work. Those are all deceptions from from the devil sent to get in the way and to destroy our connection to Jesus so that he could destroy our soul. Because as soon as we're not connected to the true vine, we're easy pickings. He can come up, he can do whatever he wants to us. So everything today seems justifiable. Everyone's got their reasons that I hear for why they can't invest in the church. And they're, they're all very unique and very special and very important. And they all work in everyone's mind going, I know, I know a lot of people have to be involved in the church, but I have a very specific reason why I can't. Now, I would say this. As far as the traditional sense of being at a specific service, at a specific time, and there's people who are old and hurting and sick. And I know there are justifiable things for that. But like I said at the beginning, we need to find creative ways to, to make up for not being involved in those traditional senses. Like if we can't get to a Sunday service, then so be it. And, we, and therefore, we're not involved in church. Or we can't get to a midweek service. Or we can't specifically give money right now. For whatever reason, therefore, we're just not going to give anything. That's that's kind of what the devil is working, saying, listen, church is these three things. And if you can't give these three things, then you can't be involved at all. Whereas I would say, and I believe the Bible would represent this too, if we can't be involved in the traditional sense, which even that I would question, we need to be very careful even saying that. Make sure that's coming directly from the Lord after prayer. But even if we can't, even if we can't meet in the traditional sense, There are so many creative ways that you and I can support those people, support those leaders, gather, be around them, write letters, pray for them, give to them, do whatever we can to let them know our support is there. We're thinking about them. We're praying for them. We're listening to them. We're processing what the sermon said, you know, and there are so many ways that we can let our people know that we're, even though we're not in the traditional sense, right next to them, we are next to them in spirit. And boy, if the pastors knew that, if the pastors knew that their people were listening, were praying, were working through what they said, were, were giving special things uh, outside of the context of the physical gathering of the church, if they saw the people in those experiences, pastors would feel a lot more comforted that their people are with them and are healthy. But oftentimes we don't. If we don't see people on Sunday or the midweek gathering, we assume they're not with us and they're not listening and we're not getting anything from them. And that's got to change. There are no justifiable reasons to not commit to the church. And if we can't, absolutely cannot commit in the traditional sense, then we got to get creative. we got to go to our Lord and say, Lord, how do I make up for this? So that I can stand by my people, they can stand by me, and we can do this together for the sake of all of our souls being healthy and getting to the kingdom of God. And here's my last one. I want us to understand that all this may sound kind of severe, so I want to end on this one. The church... The church is for us. Now, yes, it is for the Lord and it is for other people. But we can confidently say the church is for us. The church is our protection. 
The church is our support. The church is our fellowship. The church is our family. The church is our comfort. The church is our life. See, the church was sent to make you and I the best we could possibly be. God sent the church as a gift. It's not just something you're supposed to throw your money and your talents and your time at. You are, but you're doing that as an investment for your own soul. Because whatever you give to the church comes right back to you. And I hope you've seen that in your local church to say, when I give, when I invest, when I support those leaders, those leaders then feed me and nourish me and, and provide for me and protect me. And, and, and we need to see it as that, going, man, this is my church. And put that right in front of it to say, not in a sense that I can do whatever I want and I can lead this any way that I want. That's not the way I'm saying it. I'm saying put the possessiveness there so that we can understand this church is for me. It's not about me. But it was given to me for my soul so that my soul can be vibrant and healthy and walking with the Lord. And unless I see church that way, it's always going to feel disconnected from me like it's some sort of separate entity. But if I understand that the church was sent by the Lord Jesus for my sake, for my soul, then every single time I invest and commit to it and support it, I'm also investing in my own soul, in my own health, so that one day I can stand confidently before God at Judgment Day saying, yes, I did follow Jesus Christ and you will find that proof in my life. There's a lot more that we could say about this, but church matters. And if I could sum it up into two words, that's how I would say it. Church matters. And we need to think about that today. We need to think about our current investment and commitment to the church and, and hold it up to the light and say, does it look like what the scriptures say about the church? Does it look like the most important thing in my life? Or have I lost sight of it? Has the devil redefined it? Have I lost true understanding about what the church was meant to do and meant for and meant to give me? And then will I redefine that? Will I start and back in a good course? Because the whole spirit of this lesson is fresh beginnings, new disciplines. That even if we've been off course, there's forgiveness. There's new starts. There's fresh beginnings from the Lord. That's the great thing about the Lord. He has mercy and grace to give us if we want it. If we want to start fresh, he will allow us to start fresh. And if we think about these things and redefine church and understand that church matters, we will understand how important it is. And we will therefore commit, invest, support it as much as we possibly can. And when the church gets that kind of support and that kind of commitment, the world will be one. The darkness will be defeated. The Lord will be exalted and this world will change. And if the world isn't changing, we got to look inwardly first and say, am I the reason that the world is not being changed because of my lack of investment in the church? I hope you'll understand the spirit of this is love and compassion so that you would be spiritually healthy. And I hope that you are already. And if you're not, I pray that you'd consider these things and start investing in the church as soon as possible for the Lord, for others, and for yourself. Thanks for tuning in today. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.